0: Welcome to Fantasy Focus Baseball. It's a beautiful Monday morning, March 29th, 2021. He is Tristan Happy Cockcroft. Kyle Soppy produces and researches, and I'm Eric Carabell, living life in the fast lane, sure to lose my mind. On today's show, roster cutdowns on Sunday. Lots of roster manipulating. Some deserve, some not. Everyone seems to be injured again. Trivia, hash browns. And, oh, by the way, the MLB season starts in just three days. Tristan, I don't know. If you're anything like me, you're thinking, I can't wait until the actual stats start to count. And, still, and I can't wait until I'm watching a baseball game and saying, yeah, this matters. I, I don't, you know, like I was watching some baseball on Sunday and I was like, "Ah, oh, this doesn't matter. But it matters starting Thursday. I can't wait. How about you?
1: Oh, without a doubt. I'm, you know, you get to that point during draft season where as much as I love draft day, I do want to see these games count and I want to have standings to look at. And yeah, I'm not going to look at the standings at all until May 15th, but I'll look at the standings, but I'm not going to look at the standings. You know, that, that little conundrum we have going on. Hey, I'll tell you, we're getting the rotations starting to be announced. I always love that. That gets me excited for opening day. And I'm encouraged by, instead of thinking about the spring stats, I'm thinking about there are a lot of teams going five man rotation. It's looking like a regular year. I'm pumped. Um, I am too.
0: And I think there's a question later on about potential six man rotation, which we'll get to, but ultimately I am just pumped for baseball again. And I love watching the games on TV in the spring because it's warm. And obviously, not all the games will be warm starting this week, you know, over <laughs> the whole way to place. But like the rosters they're shaping up and my fantasy teams and like there was deadlines last night for adding players and like so like briefly, like your weekend in terms of drafts and in terms of thinking about week one rosters and obviously getting the forecaster ready, it's like it it's basically started for fantasy managers already.
1: It has. Yeah. I mean, it was it was 24 hours a bit. Well, I guess I slept for about four or five of those hours beforehand, but the other 20 were uh, all baseball. It was my my big home points league draft, which was. The weirdest, and I've already said to a couple of people, I'm not afraid to say it here. I think it was the sloppiest salary cap draft we've ever had in the league's history, which is what happens when you do the entire thing on Zoom, I suppose. I had another points league draft on the app uh, last night, so it was uh, another fun one, and that one actually penalized for strikeouts, so it was a little bit different. And then a lot of getting the forecaster stuff prepared. So, like, I have the I have the rough draft ready, where uh, a go for tomorrow Tuesday. There are a couple of rotations I'm still looking at that I hope to get clarity on the either the order or the individuals who are taking the fourth fifth spots. So, yeah, it's it's I don't know. It's an exciting Monday. I'm I'm really looking forward to it. Zach
0: Davies, Pirates twice, <laughs> get him <them> active.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Indeed. Hey, you know what, You know what? Zach Davies. You know, for a guy who doesn't miss bats, he's got some pretty intriguing stuff. I, I got it. You know, and and you've been on Zach Davies for a while. It's just if you can you can skate by on those ratios. He's Kyle Hendricks light. He
0: doesn't have to have a, a big strikeout yeah. rate. Okay. okay, He doesn't get zero earring whipper fine. People think, you know, moving from San Diego to Wrigley, it'll, it'll change. I, I don't think so. But anyway, let's get to a lot of there's a lot of weekend news. And I guess it starts with your Yankees, Tristan Luke Voigt uh, with the knee injury. Um, they say he will play in May, but he could he could miss a third of the season. And we're already seeing impatient fantasy managers at ESPN starting to cut him. He's one of the top five most cut first baseman, which is ridiculous because he led the sport in home runs last season. But they don't want to wait for it could be six weeks. It could be 10 weeks. It's a meniscus. We don't really, He's not like a speed guy, but um, and Jay Bruce will be the replacement. And Jay Bruce has power. You know, I wrote it in my column today that Jay Bruce has, what, 32 home runs since the start of the 2019 season, and there's only like 30 guys with more, and all of them except one have fewer PAs, which I guess is Eric's trivia question of the day. (laughs) (laughs) But actually, can you guess that? So only like 30, I don't know what the exact number is, but I think it's only 30 players have more home runs than Jay Bruce since the start of the 2019 season with fewer plate appearances. Do you know who it is?
1: Only only one guy. Only one guy has more homers in fewer plate appearances than Jay Bruce. Yep. Brad Miller.
0: No. Not that not Brad Miller. Well, I guess we'll do the answer later. How about that? I just I thought it was All right, 32 home runs since the start of 2019, he only batted 212, but that's a separate. 436 plate appearances of the 77 hitters to slug more home runs in that period. Only one guy came to the plate fewer times. So we'll answer that trivia question later on as well. But overall here, obviously you're going to say keep Voight rostered in every format. Does Jay Bruce deserve to be rostered in any formats other than AL only?
1: Uh, No, but there are situations by which the daily matchups will be worthwhile if you're in a daily league and just to point out on that one, the Yankees do play the first six games at home and let's see, they do face a left hand opening day. So, yeah, there's the possibility that between that April 3rd to 8th stretch, you might squeeze a, a start here or there from them.
0: Who would be the platooner with him? Because I'm looking at your ro- the Yankee roster and I don't see yeah. – Jake Bruce should not be playing against left-handed pitching. He was terrible against them yep. last season. But I mean, unless it's Gary Sanchez, I don't know who would do it or negotiate. It God. would
1: uh, it would be LeMahieu probably at first base, but that's not going to benefit. It's not going to provide any benefit to the Yankees or to fantasy managers because the other options in the infield to handle you know up the All middle are, are not great. Tyler well, Wade yeah, but, is
0: left-handed too, so
1: right and and I mean they might rather have Wade's contact approach to Bruce's. I don't I don't like it, but th- there just isn't really a natural fit.
0: So, over, under on home runs this season, Jay Bruce, I'll set it at 20 and a half. Under. Okay. So, you, you? don't think you Because, well, I mean, I should point out that, you know, your team's designated hitter is probably not batting 600 times this year. So, even if, even when Luke Voigt returns, you know, Jay Bruce is capable of a 30 home run season if if he gets regular playing time. J- John Clark Stanton's going to miss some time. Aaron Judge is going to miss some time. Jay Bruce can play right field. He can DH. I'm not saying... I think the over, I'm going to say 22 home runs for Jay Bruce this season, which doesn't make him valuable in a mixed league. So we should stop talking about him. But I'm just saying like in a deep mixed league, 22 home runs. All right. That that's got some value.
1: Yeah. It's, it's an interesting fit. I just see this potentially going the Richie Sexton route um, where when the Yankees brought him in and it looked like, Hey, great. He could exploit some matchups and it didn't go well. There's such a wide range between these two, but I, I see your point. He is a very natural fit for this ballpark. I don't think I want him. I mean, certainly I don't want him against lefties. I, I don't want him in the road games. And so Voight, we got to go back to void. I think Voight's really the key. How much, if you have a draft coming up and there are people who have some either, you know, during this week leading up to opening day or even after opening day, how much are you correcting him?
0: Man, if he misses six, even six weeks, that's more than a quarter of the season. Like, do you drop him out of your – he has to be out of the top 100. I was wondering if he drops, like, to Christian Walker territory. Like, if, if Luke Voigt has only 450 plate appearances, he probably ends up with Christian Walker numbers.
1: Yeah. I, I actually think that's close to the right tier. Um, So the correction in the NFBC leagues were – I like to pull the, the seven-day comparisons. He was the number seven first baseman – uh, in the week leading up to the news of the injury, and he's the 15th first baseman since. But that's variable. I mean, there are going to be leagues in which he drops down to 20 or lower. So I'm going to put him up against another interesting name from the past week, and that's Andrew Vaughn.
0: I take Vaughn. And and I was going to get to the second piece of news, so we'll strive right into that one there. Like Andrew Vaughn, a lot of people on Twitter, a lot of people who in the fantasy baseball industry I respect are saying, be really careful of Vaughn barely played you know, any minor league baseball. In fact, he didn't play any minor league baseball, right? Did Andrew Vaughn even play? Um, and they're saying, just be careful okay. here.
1: He, yeah. he might he hit a little.
0: He didn't hit anything in the air, and he's not a left – and people assume that because he's never played left field at this level that he'll struggle with the plate, which I don't personally. Um, I think Andrew Vaughn, if, let, let's assume he's getting 500 plate appearances now, for sure, at DH or left field. Can he hit at least 20, 25 home runs, about 270? I think Andrew Vaughn can do that. I seem to be in the minority in thinking that, though.
1: He he could. What I like is I think he's locked in in a ballpark that's great for power. So if he gets some of the good luck on balls he does put in the air, he could get to that home run total. But the more that I looked at Vaughn, the more I like the stability and batting average. I actually think he could hit better than the batting average you project, but fewer home runs. So in other words, he could be a 285-20 guy. As opposed he's just, to, a two, he's six, good. He's just he's really good. Good. He's good. But I think there's a little bit, there's a little bit too much optimism going on, and I think that happens sometimes when a name is in the news like this.
0: I'm an optimistic person. I think he's going to hit. I think it's a great lineup. And by the way, if you've got Eloy Jimenez on your redraft team, and I know you do somewhere, you just drop him. Labor. Now, I have him in labor, so you don't drop him there because there's no need to. But in an oh, standard, I might have
1: to. I might have to because of the so you, the fact that you can get back. the money back, right? If he goes on the sixty day day IL, that's the rule in labor, and you can you can cut him, and that would give me thirty one in fab. And the reason that would be important for me is that on a team where I needed the excess hitters, I got to think about whether I want to hold the hammer for potential mid season trades.
0: And Jimenez, they're saying five to six months, and the season's only six months. So, yep. what's the best case scenario in Jimenez? He comes back in September. Would they and they'd only push him if they were in the race, which they should be are contending but like Jimenez you know say he even starts hitting on September 1st is it going to be fantasy relevant in September I think in an ESPN league with only three bench spots you, you just cut him
1: the best case scenario is I I think at least he gives you 6 weeks of Eloy Jimenez's projection production but that's asking a lot, and I'm with you on that. I, I lean strongly towards don't expect him to contribute anything. He's completely a dynasty uh, option, and I, I don't think he's going to provide anything in redraft. He was the last round pick in the points points league draft yesterday, which means he's not even a guy who gives you fab back. But I get it. You're keeping him just in case he gives you a couple weeks. I, I wouldn't count on it. So the, the,
0: my interest level here is in Zach Collins, who I have in a league, a deep league, and not because I really like him all that much. just because I, I had him as a top prospect a couple of years ago because he's a catcher with power and walks. And now he's not even eligible to catcher in fantasy, didn't play there last season, but he might be the team's designated hitter. And he can hit. He might be in a platoon, but he can take a walk. He's got some pop, might bat 220 along the way. But do you have any interest in Zach Collins? I, I assume the catching eligibility is over forever but you know power isn't he could sneak say,
1: in no. he could sneak in a couple games a catcher I, I would i wouldn't count on him earning the eligibility during the year and the thing that bugs me about it is that he's a low end dh in a year that are that there are tons of them so you're, you're talking about a bench flyer I, I like where you're going with him being interesting
0: but you don't see like a Schwarber comp here eventually like you don't see that no i don't catcher, left-handed power bat with walks you don't see like any any you don't see an avenue for for Zach Collins to have the Jay Bruce season we just discussed five minutes ago with 25 home runs?
1: Not really. I you know, he, he's looked pretty decent in spring in terms of the plate discipline, but he was very three true outcomes with an extreme fly ball during his career. I you know what? This guy feels like Ryan Schimpf.
0: Ew. Well, that doesn't feel good. But that's Um, (laughs) what I
1: mean, like with the extreme fly ball. My worry is there's a lot of, you know, wide, you know, wide ranges for him. I see that.
0: I'm just throwing out a name because I know I know a lot of people play in yeah. really deep leagues and not just the ESPN standard. Um, so I'm watching the Pirates game over the weekend. I don't even know which day game it was. And Kevin Newman is literally batting like 720 in the in spring training. Yeah. And yeah. so in that game, he hits a fly ball to center field, and the center fielder drops it. And the announcers start talking about like, "Oh my God, there's another hit for him." And I'm thinking, "Well, he hit a fly ball to center field, folks. Let, let's not get too excited." But Kevin Newman is having a big spring training. He's like 20 for 28 or something crazy like that. And I thought, oh, come on. It's spring training. I mean, how do baseball announcers get caught up in this nonsense of saying, oh, Zach Collins is awesome. Kevin Newman, though, two years ago was pretty good. He hit he hit for average. He hit double digit home runs and he stole 16 bases. And there's no, no reason why he can't do that again. So, the the spring numbers have us interested I, I think in kevin newman again should we be if you're drafting this week is kevin newman in your top 200
1: no way um i i think he is nl only relevant and I think that the spring numbers are inflating things beyond the point that anybody should be caring. He was top
0: two hundred two years ago.
1: He's not a mixed league consideration for me. I, I, it's, he's a seven fourteen hitter during spring training. I get it. He gives you some speed. He probably will get some time at second and short. I think he even carries the eligibility. The other thing to me that was interesting on this story is the Pirates have the best hitting middle infield in spring training this year, and it's not even a contest. Adam Frazier's a five. What is he? Five fifty three hitter.
0: I'm just saying, like, when I looked at Kevin Newman's 2019, I had forgotten you're what it was. That.
1: You, it, you're it, not on that.
0: Why is he not Chris Taylor, potentially, who we, who we draft in round 16? Like, you're just saying no on Kevin Newman. I'm not saying yes because of spring training. I'm saying yes because of 2019. You can't see a Chris Taylor copy.
1: Not in mixed. All if right. It is a 15, if it's a 15-teamer as your final pick, okay. But then why aren't we talking Frazier? How is Frazier not a better player than Newman? He doesn't like, how have are you power.
0: I, I mean – you're right. You're 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 it's fine. We're wasting time on Kevin Newman. But like he wasn't a waste two seasons ago is my point. Neither was Frazier for that matter. And by the way, Cabrian Hayes is is much better hitter than people are giving yeah. credit for. I, 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 I'm
1: I'm going to be totally wrong on Cabrian Hayes.
0: Cabrian Hayes is a 25 homer, 290 hitter right now people. Okay? Where if if you're drafting Alec Bowman around 12, you should be drafting Cabrian Hayes in around 12. I'm telling you, Cabrian Hayes is legit. Not just offensively. Okay? He's not Andrelton Simmons at the plate. He's better than that. He's going to be a, 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 not a 30 homer power guy eventually, but maybe. I, I just, I like, I like a Brian Hayes. All right, moving on. Um, Jazz Chisholm won the starting second base job from Miami. And I took him as my last pick in labor. And, I, and then I complained about it, but now I'm thinking, wow, I love it. I planned it all along. But what is Jazz Chisholm? Because when I look at his, his numbers and his plate approach and the strikeouts, I think, man, he literally could bat like 200. But he also could do it with fifteen homers and fifteen steals he's a very enticing player um and I'm sure you would take him over Kevin Newman today, but how much more like is is jazz Chisholm a guy you're drafting right now or you're not drafting at all
1: there you go. I like that trying to throw them in the same well here. these are guys with springs, yeah you know yeah. I
0: mean you gotta think about this the way this- like-
1: this is the Eric Carabell special of the, they're not terrible until, you know, because they haven't proven they are yet. Um, and Chisholm is kind of the guy who fits that description. The low range outcome for Chisholm is definitively lower than it is for Newman or Frazier. Absolutely.
0: Year, but, but there's a ceiling here for Jazz right, where yeah. he is valuable. In and in a even, even in an ESPN season, there's a 2020 season potentially here.
1: I'm trying to think of the guy. The first thing I think of with Chisholm, and I've, I've always felt this way about him, a, a great prospect I liked when they picked him up. 15 homer, 30-plus stolen bases, I'd say, oh, yeah. if he hits the high-end projection, and that would be easily more valuable than the other two. But this could be a in two weeks, it's clear he shouldn't even be starting for the Marlins, so I'd tread very carefully. Th- that's a tough order to go. I'd probably go...
0: Well, I'm going to add a third name to it for you. I'm going to get to the next piece of news. I want you to rank, if you're doing a draft this week, and you could say it's a mixed or an NL only, rank Kevin Newman, Jazz Chisholm, and Jonathan India of the Cincinnati Reds, who apparently is winning the second base job and they're moving Moustakas to third. So, Eugenio Suarez, who was a bad shortstop five years ago, is going to be a bad shortstop again. Good luck, Sonny Gray. But... India is going to be the starting second baseman. He's got some speed and some pop, too. So rank these three guys who are big, big enough
1: springs to win starting jobs. Newman, India, and uh, Chisholm. India, Chisholm, Newman, the latter two are closer on that, that tier. I am very intrigued by Jonathan India. And will say that the ballpark disparity is monstrous between Cincinnati and Pittsburgh and Miami. Yes, absolutely. So I, I think that's a that is a lot of it in terms of widening the gap there. But you're right; these three do warrant being thrown in this in probably the same breath. I don't think India and Newman ap- appeal to me at the same. I think India uh, I'll go for the upside anyway if they were neutral ballparks.
0: Well, India's uh, uh, Kevin Newman is proven. We know what he is. Jazz Chisholm is unproven. He's raw. What is India? Is India a 12-homer, 20-steal guy? Is he like that with a better batting average than Chisholm? I, I don't know what Jonathan India is. It's, this is really a shock that he won the second base job. And they're yeah. moving Suarez. That's just, so he'll add eligibility after 10 games at shortstop in ESPN leagues, which is helpful. You can move him to middle or shortstop. You can't draft him as a shortstop. But man, Jonathan India won the job. I, I don't know what to do with that. What do, What do you think?
1: Yeah, I, I don't either. I mean, the the first that dawned upon me is every league he's third base eligible only, so he's going to pick up second base and the multi-eligibility for an, for a guy projected to be an everyday player is appealing. But hitting-wise, India's optimistic approach is probably 25 homers, and he contributes in stolen bases, but it's nothing that you're paying for. I don't think he's a 12-15 steal guy. I think he's going to contribute you something, 5-10, to 10, somewhere in that range. That's probably worthwhile in a mixed league. I don't think there's great upside beyond that. Do you?
0: No, I. But I don't know. Honestly, I didn't get to see him because of the park.
1: The park tied to the power. You know, the power potentially has. It could range if everything clicks to the level of 30 homers, or it's another case of he doesn't last a month in the job.
0: But it's clear they're not putting Nick Senzel back in the infield, which is strange. Um, A lot of strange decisions this weekend. All right, I'm going to. I'll have you rank three more. Not three more National League guys here. And man, I don't know what to do with any of them. If you, and this is not just for 2021, because you can make the case that none of these guys will be relevant. Although I thought at least two of them would be. Rank for 2021: the Cubs, Nico Horner; Washington's Carter Keyboom; Philadelphia's Scott Kingery. Ugh. What do you do with these guys? All three got demoted. Horner didn't deserve it, but that's a manipulation like Chris Bryan. I think. I think he's back late in April. But Kingery and Keyboom was because they just were terrible. Last season they were terrible, and this spring they were terrible, and I don't know if Kingery's ever going to make it. Keep three years younger. I mean, they demoted Keeboom so it's Josh Harrison, yeah. who could be a starter at second base, moving Castro to third. I mean, Josh Harrison is starting. Phillies didn't demote Kingery with the same type of thing. They don't, you know, they have other guys, but like, and none of them are good. But man, like, I've got Kingery in a couple d- dynasty formats or sim, and like, I'm like, this is the end. Like, there's nothing here. Am I just overrating Key Boom? I, I and, and, then what do you, and then what do you do with Horner, who's not a, a big upside offensive guy to start with? What do you do there?
1: Yeah. I mean, it's cut, cut, cut. Um, if it's a, a dynasty-leaning league, you know, I, I mentioned, I think on one of the previous podcasts we were talking about Scott Kingery, that I, I think he's a change of scenery guy. I think that that's the only way that we're going to kind of rekindle his career and, and the possibility of some sort of fantasy option year over year. I probably would rank them, you said 2021, Horner, Kingery, Keeboom. Keeboom's been just bad. Kingery is, uh, Ke, uh, Ke, uh, they've all been bad. Keeboom's uh, just been bad. He was bad during the regular season in limited time. Yeah, I know it was an extended period. They rushed him. It wasn't good during spring training. There was talk about him making some of the adjustments working with Kevin Long, and it didn't pan out. I'm just not optimistic there at all. And Sterling Castor is a perfectly adequate player
0: he is but he was going to start second now he'll move to kiboom's mm-hmm. third but josh like they did that mm-hmm. so josh harrison i mean and look josh harrison's had some years in the past where he was a double double i think but oh man like yep. I, I i tried to get kiboom in and out of labor and i'm glad i didn't like it's just not, wow really All right. i
1: i took uh, i took kiboom as a $1 guy to fill my third base i had no money left or anything and i knew i wasn't going to I knew I wasn't going to use him. I had the entire weekend of people pointing that out. They're like, you took a guy's in the minor." Well, I took India in the reserve draft because it was over a week ago.
0: <laughs> good for you.
1: It, it, it worked out. Hey, look, but I I, I, didn't, I didn't think Stephen
0: would get demoted. I I knew Kingery had to be,
1: and I that's not even was a change. Not even was a chi- terrible.
0: He, yeah, he deserved it. Um, all right, what else is in the anything else in the news? We'll get to closers in a second, but any news related? Corey Kluber didn't look so good yesterday. I mean, he had no control walking Phillies everywhere, or just not throwing strikes. Um, I'm not optimistic. I want to be optimistic, but I can't be on Corey Kluber. Are you? Like, do you think he – does he make 25
1: starts, and are they good starts? Now I don't think yes on either. I'm still looking at 25 and that they're reasonably good. I think we're still looking at 85% of past form. And when you're slashing eight starts off that, projection you know I, I think we are i don't think we're overpricing him i mean i might have by five to eight starting pitching spots but my, my opinion hasn't changed that much
0: we're all overpricing him because of his name because it was he's you want to sell on sure the fact is like he may not be any better than john means but everybody's taking kluber instead that's mm-hmm. like and i'm just using means as an example because i wanted to get to matt Harvey as the number two starter for the orioles that's hard to believe that that's just hard to believe like try at least try come on Matt harvey
1: come on that's crazy. i i they don't want to you know i mean they don't really don't want to to, to push any of their younger starting pitchers which doesn't make an awful lot of sense to me i mean bruce zimmerman's their third starter
0: i you know
1: right i mean now this is the thing about bruce zimmerman he's one he's so far the only player who was not in the forecaster database last year which means <laughs> I, that's how little he was on the radar every other starting pitching candidate in the entire majors was on there, but the third starter for the Baltimore Orioles wasn't. So no, I agree. I don't, I don't know what their strategy is. Why, why we're leaning that? I don't know. Instead of not talking about the Brewers fifth starter or the, the Cubs rotation situations like, I'd rather go to those than Baltimore. Let's do it. I mean, like (laughs) uh, uh, the Cubs,
0: the Cubs probably have the best rotation in that division right now. Um, Hendricks. Well,
1: oh man. I don't know if I agree with that, but I see where you're going.
0: But Alec Mills didn't even make the rotation, and he threw a no-hitter last year, and people were drafting him. That's weird. I mean, advert Alzelay, okay, give him a shot, but Trevor Williams, oh,
1: man. Azalea's positive is that you know he he did he did focus on improving that slider during spring training. When a pitcher is trying to make a distinct change, I'm willing to give him a chance. That was, He was a flyer for NL only managers.
0: Can you name the Cubs backup catcher? I'd never heard of him. The Cubs backup catcher? Cubs backup catcher right now. And and it might, it might be Romine who's injured, but if it's not, I'm looking at a uh, roster resource, PJ yeah. Higgins an NRI oh, is currently. Right. No, idea. Yeah. you know what? You could have asked me for a hundred guesses and I would not have guessed that PJ Higgins was, might I be should have known he's a, he's a database athlete. nightmare. <laughs> I would assume so. Um, yeah. Let's move on to another nightmare. Can you sing the
1: closer of Carousel please? It's the closer carousel, and man, we are spinning on that one today.
0: <laughs> I don't even know where to begin. Where do you want to begin here,
1: oh. <laughs> boss? We should probably bring up Boston first.
0: All right. So Matt Barnes has the COVID, by the way. It's still a thing. People wear your mask, get vaccinated, or don't, and we're a mess for another couple of years. But I think Adam Ottavino is obviously Boston's closer for the first two weeks. My question to you is: Does he keep the role? Because he's really. N- Skills wise, just as good as Matt Barnes. It's about not walking people.
1: He is, yeah. The walks are the issue. Control is spot. I watch him with the Yankees a lot. The lefty hitters can tee off on him. Has some blow up outings, and managers hate that. But I do think that in terms of the raw stuff, there's a higher upside for him than there is for Barnes. I don't think Adavino is going to be locked down in that role all 162 games. So they who ends up to- leading
0: Boston in saves? Barnes? I do or think or I do
1: think Adavino will lead. I just don't know that he's going to be in that role all year. There's going to be a couple of cold spots. It's like the Greg Holland path.
0: Uh, We think Holland is Kansas City's closer. Yes. But
1: they're saying committee.
0: They're saying committee now, which means Josh Stommont, who's probably better than Greg Holland, could get some saves. Scott Barlow, maybe. Jesse Hahn, really? Possible. Possible. Uh, Arizona's a committee. Soria, Crichton, Kevin Ginkle. Davinsky's throwing well. That's all it takes. You're throwing well in spring training. You might get a save in April.
1: Lots of com- by the way, I, it's a startling number of announced committees. All right, so
0: we named Arizona as a committee. Baltimore probably. Boston maybe. Cup Baltimore's, will be in two weeks.
1: Yeah, you'd have to. You'd have to think Baltimore is. We know Tampa Cincinnati. Is. Cincinnati is
0: Sims and Garrett, and maybe Doolittle.
1: And maybe Doolittle, yep. Yeah. But Garrett's been fantastic during the past week. He looks very good.
0: Striking everybody out. Um, You mentioned Tampa Bay with Castillo, Fairbanks, maybe Thompson. Nick Anderson, by the way, is out at least half the season. If you draft a Nick Anderson, this is just unfortunate like Eloy Jimenez. You have to drop him. There's no need to keep Nick Anderson, right?
1: No. I, I'm, as a matter of fact, I would be surprised if he pitches this year.
0: I would too. So I'm glad I have him in multiple dynasty formats. That worked out well. Um, who else? The Miami is it Bass or Garcia or Floro who got Dylan Floro got to save over the weekend. And I thought, Oh, that might be a precursor to the regular season because we are seeing managers, oddly enough, late in spring training, give their actual closer a safe chance. Yeah. Instead of I, dumping. Yeah, in the fifth inning.
1: I'm not exactly sure which direction Miami is going and I haven't made a declaration. I still think it is probably Bass's job. You know, watch, they'll, they'll announce committee over the next 48 hours. By the way, the other committees that got-
0: Cleveland. You are going to say Cleveland.
1: No, they did not mention it as a committee. We could get to Cleveland if you want, but the other two were Detroit's and Texas's. But Texas could- That's got to be Ian Kennedy, doesn't it? They talked up Ian Kennedy and they talked up Matt Bush. I i think you're right that Kennedy's experience gets him the first chance, but Matt Bush shouldn't be just discarded outright. He's a candidate.
0: And by the way, don't bother drafting Jose LeClerc or Jonathan Hernandez. Man, we're seeing some major injuries. You know, it's a little weird. I can't remember so many elbow injuries where they say he's out half the season without Tommy John.
1: Like Nick Anderson and LeClerc. That's That's the Tanaka path from that year. Remember where Tanaka had the partially torn UCL and he decided to go to the rehab? Garrett Richards went this one too one year.
0: Garrett Richards might not even make Boston. Is that what I'm hearing or...
1: I think he'll, I do think he will because of the Eduardo Rodriguez injury. He's going to miss the opening day start, but Richards did not he's impress during spring training.
0: All right. So give me Cleveland, who gets the most saves for Cleveland in April.
1: In April, Nick Whitgren. Wow. And I'm not, I'm not overwhelmed by what he'll provide fantasy wise, but I do think Whitgren gets the most say. I think it's going to be three, four saves.
0: All right. So maybe he's Todd Jones without, you know, no K rate. But and for the So who would you draft this drafting this week? Is Queen Jack still a top 10 relief pitcher in your rankings?
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, was he 10 or 11 for me? I'm teetering on that one because well, that's you know what that I mean. Troll- like, yeah, I know. I, I mean, I think I think in terms of true value and the lack of depth of the position. Yeah, he probably still is. But I'm not. I, I haven't picked up a share yet. The, people are paying as if he is the locked in closer.
0: I have shares of Emmanuel Emanuel in multiple places. Yep. Not where I need him to get saves, but as like a dart.
1: Here, here's how that's gonna go. I think Whitgren gets the job at the beginning, Karinchek has to prove his control in the early weeks, and your guy, Classe A, if he gets to that role before Karinchek does, that's it. He Keep He's good. All right, you know who else is good?
0: Carl Sapi. So good. Come on in, Kyle. How's your bracket doing, buddy? You're the expert at this. Oh, my God. It's the worst. There's <laughs> probably, I'm not even number one in my household, and it's
2: me, my wife, and a dog.
1: <laughs> Those dogs know their picks. I'm telling They're you. They're
2: tough. Well, I mean, you got the Baylor Bears are still playing, so that's kind of the dog family, I guess. But this has been brutal. It's so fun to watch. Oh, wait, think the Bears and the dog family? It's close-ish. It's not close. What's what's in the dog family?
1: Not what a would bear, you, dude. Like like a dogs are in the dog family.
2: <laughs> dogs are in the dog family. I will give you that. There are no dog teams left in the field, but it's it's been fun. It's, I, I hope it's wait, basketball I to all over. <laughs>
0: I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to email your wife and say, uh, your husband thinks that a bear is in the dog family. What That's family? a problem, Kyle. What's
2: in That's the dog <laughs> family? List your dog family rankings for me, Eric.
0: Would you please? I don't think a bear belongs in there. No. You're telling me what's not
2: in there. I need to know (laughs) what is in there.
0: I don't. I'm no genius either. Let's make that clear. But I'm beating both of you in the men's tournament challenge bracket. None of us should be proud of our place. The number one guy is in the 100th percentile of everybody, the millions of people, and that's Rhino5, who's zigzagging to the top. But I want to point out our friend Dave Schoenfield, the MLB writer who listens to this show somehow when he walks his dog. So he he basically this show and poop. And he named his Lensicata All-Stars. They're in third place in the group here that we have, of the Men's Tournament Challenge. Schoenfield is in the 99.8 percentile. I thought he
1: only knew baseball, but he knows a lot more than
0: baseball. He, My goodness!
1: He in fact probably knows that Len a little-known fact, is he's on Cal Ripken's rookie Tops baseball card. I knew that. Yeah, that I know you did. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know which is the most valuable Cal Ripkin rookie baseball card? No, I don't. 1982 Tops traded. <laughs> Useless fact for the day.
0: Kyle and Oriole is not in the dog family.
2: No, that uh, <laughs> I know. That's the bird family. That's where Chatwood doesn't pitch well. <laughs> Oh, no. Right,
0: let's, let's do <laughs> trivia now before we lose it. Well, we need
2: your trivia answer before we get to my question. All right. All let's nice. take more guesses at Eric's. Mm. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Who has more home runs and fewer at-bats yeah. than Jay Bruce? That's it's, not, the last year.
1: it's not Giancarlo Stanton. He's miss, missed too much time. Exactly. Uh, he
0: doesn't have enough plate appearances to even get to three. Well, no. He Joey
1: probably... Gallo.
2: No. I like the Brad Miller guess. I, I have no idea.
0: If I, I tell you he the, enough time, if I tell you his
1: position, you would yeah. get it. Okay, uh, it really gives it away. If you told me his position, I would get it. So he's a catcher. Um, yeah. <laughs> yep. How am I not getting it from a catcher, is it Sanchez? Oh, Sanchez. Yeah, of course. Well, no, he he didn't miss quite that much time. Gosh,
0: this is great podcast radio. It's Mitch yeah.
1: Garver. Ah. Uh. He had fewer plate appearances. Wow, Mitch Garver had fewer plate
0: appearances than Jay Bruce and one more home run. So I win the trivia award for today. How about that? That was excellent trivia. That was what? good.
2: Yeah, they go with like a committee in Minnesota. That's, that's a good call. I like that.
0: Ryan Jeffers is going to out Homer Garver this season. I have so many dumb, bold predictions. You can't even imagine. I know you didn't read it. Like it was two files. I'm sure the editor hates me now. But. None of these bold predictions are gonna work out, which is why we're not discussing it. All But right,
1: what, that's what that's bold predictions for you. I love that stuff. Some of them though I think are gonna happen.
0: So that oh yeah. That's more than none.
1: Look, if you can hit on a quarter of them, that's an amazing output. That that's how You're I'd be fine with that. Yeah, yeah.
2: All right. What do we got? All right, we'll go with hash browns. Teddy wants to know why everybody's down on Salvador Perez. He wants you to make him feel better about drafting him.
0: Nobody's down Salvador Perez. Everybody loves Salvador Perez. He's going in is he going to the top hundred of our drafts now? Let me check our uh, ADP here. Probably. Not that that's the answer, but everybody loves Sal Perez. They yeah. think he's going to hit three hundred again, which he's not. But he's the number two catcher off the board after yeah. Real Muto. Yeah, Sal Sally's going in round nine. People <laughs> they love him, so I don't think anybody's scared of Sally Perez.
2: Yeah, talk really- him up,
0: you think he's back to what he. You think he's a batting average? Not no, champ, but. I think he drops 50 points of batting average, but even then that'd be 275, which is too high. We we project that. That seems too high. Tristan likes his batting average more than me, but I'll say 260 with 30, with 26 home runs, which still makes him a potential number one catcher. Like, Real Muto's not hitting 26 home runs, but he's obviously hitting better than six. Well, we think better than 260, and he can steal some bases, but Sal Perez over Will Smith, yeah. I'm doing that now because he's gonna play a lot more volume.
1: That's that is the hook there is the playing time. The disparity between those two, Perez and Smith, is pretty stark. Uh, Perez was an eighty-six percent catching chair for the share uh, for the Royals uh, from let's see, twenty fourteen to twenty eighteen, I think, right before the surgery. And then last year he played every inning of the final fifteen games for the Royals and all but three of those innings came at catcher so they showed some great confidence in him and will smith i mean there was that report that he wouldn't even get to 100 starts the reason i like perez besides just the volume is i do think that he made some corrections that can boost the batting average but eric i like your number he'll he'll have a tough time getting beyond 275 maybe it's 270 all
2: right all right i like that andrew lost eloy and now needs to replace his rbi he wants to know which of these guys you like most to fill that void Kyle Seeger, C.J. Kron, Grichik, Christian Walker, Colin Moran. Pick one to replace Eloy.
0: Doesn't it have to be C.J. Cron, the Rockies' first baseman? going to back me up. Yep. Right?
1: Slam dunk. Walker would probably be a close second, but Krohn.
0: I, I don't know if slam I mean, Kyle Seeger's still, still good, and he hit in 2020. I mean, if CJ, Krohn, what's C.J. Krohn going to do? 28 home runs, 85 RBI on that team? Kyle Seager could do close to that. Christian Walker can do close to that. And I have Kyle Moran rostered everywhere. I think he, I, I had I had him boldly hitting 30 home runs. And then they dumped Todd Frazier. So, you know, I don't want him facing lefties. But I don't think it's, I think it's close here. And actually, when you get to batting average, C.J. Krohn's not batting above 250. I, I think you can make a case for Kyle Seager or Walker.
1: So, yeah, I, I, I can't, it's, I, I do think it's a slam dunk and I'll, and this is the reason why for Crone. be all in on the exit velocity numbers that you and I have already talked about on the show. But the other one too, is they have 7, 8, 9 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15 of their first 21 games are played at Coorsfield.
0: Well, that would certainly help a guy with exit velocity. Uh, Kyle, where was the trivia for you? Don't you have a trivia question? I'm looking. Yeah, at it. you,
1: you kind of upstaged
0: me. I wasn't sure if you wanted. No, 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 to. no, I want you to trivia. do it too. I want you. Kyle. I'm never. I, I'm never trying to upstage you. You're my pal. All right. Fair enough. Right, Don't we'll, trivia. We'll, I love
1: it. Trivia. 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 I, I just hope it's trivia. not a dog of a question
0: or a bear of a question. That's all I'm hoping. Yeah, it's a are bear of a question. That's for sure.
2: <laughs> Over the past three seasons, three players have at least a thousand PA's, thirty stolen base attempts, and are successful at least eighty-five percent. Of the time. If stolen bases are going to be hard to find, you got to be efficient
0: when you're doing it. Trout and Yelich are two of them. Who is the third? A name jumped to mind, but I don't think he has a 1,000 PAs. I don't think he's don't even think been he'll... caught stealing in his career.
2: Oh, wow. Well, yeah, 100% would qualify.
0: <laughs> but I don't think he's, I don't think he played out because he didn't play in nineteen in 18. But, um... It'd be
2: tough to get a 1,000 PAs. I mean, PAs, that'd so. be, I
0: mean, that's Biggio, but he yeah, doesn't not, have enough PAs. Not enough. But I don't think he's been – I think he's like 20 for 20 in his career. Let me look and make sure. He has 20 for tw- – I am right. 20 for 20, but again, not even close, not even 700 PAs. But that, you want some cheap steals. You meet about 230, but that's a potential 2020 guy,
1: even now with the baseball and everybody ripping him. So I th- Trent Grisham, 10 for 10 this past year, so I feel like it. he could be a candidate, right? Who's the 10 10- – there was a guy who was 10 for 10 kind of out of nowhere last year.
0: Might have been Grisham. I
2: thought Grisha he was not the right answer. Not a bad guess, though.
0: I don't know if he has enough PAs either because he didn't play two years ago.
2: And then with the short in 2020, it's going to be hard
0: to get to. Yeah, he, yeah, he barely definitely. played in 2019. He was 10 out of 11 in steals, and he's 11 out of 12 in his big league career. And he's a lot like Bijou. You can make the case. He's a guy who takes walks, not going to be a high batting average, but there's a potential 2020 season. In fact, Grisham and Bijou are pretty similar. How about that? And lineup is going to be key for both.
1: Does Bogarts have a high rate? I think he was on my list of unexpectedly high rates. I'm trying to look him up. He's
2: not the right answer, but let me see if I can find this. Man,
1: Let's keep going
2: so with a
0: couple more hash browns so I can think about it. Because I'm thinking it's either another big name like Yelich and Trout, like a Harper or Bellinger, or it's like a guy totally off the board, barely plays. So I'm I'm thinking about that. Because I know like Harper and Bellinger are like, top two rounds and they steal like 15 bases and they do it smartly Mm -hmm. um it can't be draw Dyson play enough so I'm trying to think of a guy off the board because it should be a guy off the board but anyway what's what else we got for hash browns the
2: qualifier was in there literally to get Dyson and Quinn off the answer yeah (laughs) yeah yeah okay Joe says he's getting Bauer Kershaw and Urias in a bunch of spots he wants to know if there's too much or a thing is too much exposure to one pitching staff or would you be all in on the Dodgers.
0: Well, the key word there is exposure because this season, you know, with the pandemic still going sure. on, people. True. Sure. I keep saying that because I'm not angry. But, um, yeah, I mean, if the Dodgers miss two weeks because they have an outbreak, that's going to be a problem, especially if you're in a head-to-head or even in a roto, Because when they make them up as double-headers, like you said, Tristan, you remarked a n- number of times, last year's Cardinals barely played in the first two weeks of the season. Well, if you've got too many guys on their team, that's a real problem, whether it's a head-to-head or a roto. And a roto for six months, it's not a big deal. But a head-to-head, you might lose those two weeks, and it might really be a problem. So, But in a general sense, I would say no. I mean, if you really like them and think they're going to do great things, I, I obviously, we all think that the Dodgers have a great rotation. And I, I didn't really rip Bauer in my bowl predictions, but I didn't say nice things. Arias, I love. Kershaw, you know, I've got everywhere. So I... I I think it's dangerous with with pitching rotations, maybe not so much with hitters mm-hmm. what do you think
1: yeah i I mean it, it, you mentioned the Cardinals, the risk of any sort of um outbreak on a team this year and and I have to think teams are going to be a little bit smarter about that so that they that we don't have any of those extended absences, but who knows who knows these days that could ruin you if you have exposure to one team um the other thing is there's a league context wrinkle to this one, so referencing the point-based league I had yesterday, I've mentioned to you, that one is very heavy on two-start pitchers. It's a weekly transactions league. And the less often you can turn over the lineup, the more that you have a problem from a volume perspective going with guys from one team. You have just no opportunity to just kind of throw in guys and maximize your number of starts. But if you're in a daily league and you have a starts cap, I don't really have a problem with it. That's the rotation to draw from.
2: I like that. We got one from here, from Craig here. He wants to know who has more roto value when all is said and done, Cronenworth or Listella?
0: I have. Um, I've been avoiding Cronenworth, and I'm not sure why because I think he's their starting second baseman for San Diego. I just, I really think Tommy Lestelle as the leadoff batter for San Francisco is going to play every day against left, against right-handers. He's got potential for twenty plus home runs. I mean, he was on his way, you know, three years ago and last year. Pressure. Well, when was the injury? The injury was two years ago when he was like at the also Wasn't he at the all Park with like 15 home runs or something crazy like that? And he's – yeah, he has 16 home runs in only 80 games in 2019 with great plate discipline, doesn't strike out. So it's a good batting. It's a safe batting average, not 320, but like 290. Why can't he do that now with San Francisco? It's a tough ballpark to hit for power in. But I, I'm going to lean to LaStella. You're going to think that's odd. But I'm going to lead to Lestella.
1: I'm not going to think it's odd because remember that most of the drafts I've been doing lately lean towards sabermetrics and on-base percentage, and Listella comes up very high on those lists. The contact ability is pretty extraordinary. He had a 5.3 strikeout percentage last year, 5.3 percent. But the the injury history is the big problem I have with him. I mean, yeah. the, the the high level is 360 PA's in 2014, and he's he struggled to get to.
0: Yeah, but 2019 finished? was a floop, man. Like, didn't he like fall off his knee or his foot or something? It, well, didn't he the guy who did that? I got to look it up. I don't want to get people. Still, wrong. He
1: still doesn't have the greatest history no, of durability. Right. That's and 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 you're right. He's a platoon guy. He's going to play only against righties. I like the, the so role. We should take.
0: But Chronoart did not hit in September. Now he won a yeah. batting title in AAA, which is why I rostered him everywhere last year. But like he did, he, he got exposed at the plate. He, yeah. he can't hit lefties. Probably has dubious power. And they have so many options. They could play Profar. They could play the new guy, Kim. So I, I don't know.
1: Yeah, probably. not exciting. You know, I mean, neither one is that exciting.
0: Yeah. Uh, All right. I'll take the Listele steals. Listele probably give
1: me. I'd probably throw Cronenworth just because maybe he gives you a couple steals.
0: Maybe eight to ten steals. Okay.
2: Last
1: one here comes from Carter.
2: He wants to know what teams you think are going to run with a six-man rotation and thus limit the innings we can mine from their starting pitchers.
0: I don't think I'd worry so much about a six man rotation as I would with young pitchers who are just not going to get the chance. Sixto Sanchez. So Miami is an example there. Like, I don't care if Baltimore or Detroit go to six man rotations because their pitchers don't matter. Um, well, you're doing the forecast. You used to talk. Who ha- has a six man rotation at this point?
1: Yeah, so far, not many teams are going in that direction. Uh, I know the Padres have talked about it. We haven't gotten a, an official declaration and it did sound like they were going five man. I think Seattle hmm, Seattle might be the only one that's formally like, going.
0: You don't want Justin Dunn. So like it's or whatever his name. Yeah, you, I don't know. I like who none of the teams that are going six man right now does it matter?
1: I don't think Oh yeah, the Angels. That's right. The Seattle and the Angels, I think are the only ones that have declared they're going six man. The Yankees are talking about doing it in the first couple of weeks of the season. So I think they could go there. I think Oakland with a couple of those, you know, less – I mean, either less experienced, less durable types. Alton
0: Jeffries and could, go there. could be there. I yeah, think um,
1: Paul could factor in maybe for spot starts.
0: It's possible. they had
1: enough healthy guys. I think they might attempt to – Right, a couple manage. of their guys
0: are starting on the injury list. Kim is going to start on the injury list. So Daniel, everybody's adding Daniel Ponce de Leon. That's probably not a good thing. <laughs> I mean, he, he's kind of average. Yeah, um,
1: he's better as a long relief type. I, I don't think.
0: get too excited about him or Jake Woodford. I but think the yeah,
1: Brewers will probably go in that direction just because they get creative. Tampa Bay is the same sort of way where they like to do openers and things. I think they are going Fleming. to be yeah, the way.
0: Yeah, Tampa Bay sent Josh Fleming down and Richards. Really weird but they have so much pitching they can afford to do it. Yep. The Dodgers could, you know, David Price may not be in their opening day rotation for the Dodgers. I I have drafted him in way too many places. And now I'm like, Oh my goodness. He may, he may miss the, he may not even make the team. Like obviously he's on he'll, the team.
1: He'll make the team, but he won't make, I mean, they're, they be in cur- like a middle
0: relief long man role for the first three weeks.
1: Yeah. They, they are currently going with a five man, the first turn through the rotation and the fifth starter job, which is on Monday at Oakland. They're looking at either May, Price or Tony Gonsolin. and they're they're not declaring which one. O- You're right, though. They could they could throw anybody in and the Dodgers would have been happy to go six men whenever. They did it all last year.
0: Interleague play in the first week of the season. Still no DH in the National League. What? Baseball just can't get out of its own way. All right. Um I think that's it for Hashbrand. Let's answer your trivia question now. Oh
1: gosh, actually, you know what? You mentioned about the no DH. Nelson Cruz is the first guy to go to NL Parks.
0: Where are they going? Milwaukee. Huh, okay, so he's going to miss some time. <laughs> That's not good. That's not good for his pending MVP status.
1: <laughs> and look,
0: you don't have to believe me when I say Nelson Cruz is going to win the AO MVP and the Twins are going to World Series. But the fact that I like Nelson Cruz this much, maybe you move him up like a round in your draft or you take him over somebody else and maybe he has a monster year or maybe Tristan's right and he has a terrible year. But the point is, I don't know. Didn't, and, didn't Nelson and, Cruz start his career in Milwaukee? Nelson Cruz was in Milwaukee at some point, before he was
1: good. Yeah, wasn't he? He was in the Carlos Lee trade, wasn't he? Yeah. I think. Carlos Lee.
0: We, we were in a commercial in with him. Carlos,
1: yeah, it was, I think he was in the Carlos Lee trade, but he... Uh,
0: let's look this up.
1: Uh, by the way, Tristan uh, signs off on your thing there that Cruz is going at a fantastic value in terms of ED, ESPN ADP.
2: Five career bats for the Brewers.
0: <laughs> Started with the Brewers, yeah. Wait, did Tristan just say... I was right about something. No, can we rewind the tape? Let rewind the tape on this one.
1: He, you know, who drafted Nelson Cruz or signed him? He was never drafted. He was a Rule Five pick from the off of the. Gosh, who? Which team was that? He was
0: originally signed by the Mets, amateur free agent, traded to Oakland for Jorge Valandia, traded by Oakland with Justin Lear for Keith Ginter. Look at these names.
1: This was six wow. seventeen
0: years ago. He was yeah. traded with Carlos Lee to Texas for. Francisco Crandaro Kevin mentioned Lance Nix remember him and he hasn't been yeah. traded since all free agency since 2006 what a weird career for Nelson yeah. Cruz but it's going to end with six. okay answering your trivia question now who's stolen bases and uh, and is successful at it Chase Utley
1: <laughs> oh man I was just thinking that
0: Chase <laughs> <laughs> Utley is incorrect well done <laughs> incorrect.
1: he was amazing in terms of success rate oh boy
2: not over the last three years,
1: though. No. Bryce Harper.
2: Bryce Harper is incorrect. Right. <laughs> yeah, 30, 30 attempts. This player currently plays for a team which is in the laundry family of uh of team names here.
1: <laughs> That's why I said Bogarts.
2: Right idea, wrong uh wrong color wrong of laundry.
0: Oh, so white Sox. laundry. Who is on the white Sox that steals bases and doesn't get caught? All right. Well, Not
1: Leore Garcia.
0: <laughs> Not Adam Eaton.
2: Yes, Adam Eaton. Adam
0: How about right. Eaton. Wow.
2: Nice. Adam Eaton? Wow. Successful 87.1% of the time.
0: Wow. 87% of the time. He steals a base every time. How about that? That's right. <laughs> you have no idea what that reference is to. I don't heard watch the movies. Cool, like- How do you never watch Anchor Man? My goodness. Well,
2: it's like 90% of the game is half mental or 50% of the uh, game is 90% if, mental look, or whatever. Kyle,
0: Kyle, if we achieved anything on today's podcast, other than going very long, we made Tristan laugh. And frankly, that's all. And that's enough for me. It's, it's enough. I don't care what else we did. If we helped anybody win their fantasy baseball league, we made Tristan laugh multiple <laughs> times and that made it all worthwhile to me. I'm not even being facetious. I can't oh, spell facetious. Boy. Anyway, Kyle left. <laughs> Bear dog.
1: Um, <laughs> He's hiding. He's hiding from Anchorman. You got me to watch it. Come on, Kyle. Wasn't it great? It was great. I can't watch the sequel, but.
0: <laughs> Don't.
1: Don't. I've heard that. I've heard Other than Godfather,
0: that. Godfather, sequels are rarely. Hey, good.
1: Kyle. Kyle, there's a bear in, in Anchorman. Is there? There's totally a bear in Anchorman. You've got to watch it.
2: I'm in. Forget the quotes from Caraba. I need my bear experience.
0: Eric will back me up. The show has been a bear. All right. um, Don't forget to listen to the Baseball Tonight podcast. They're really good, too. And games are starting this week. And they'll prepare you for those games and talk to people and do lots of fun stuff. All right. We're done for today's show. Thank you so much for listening. We will be back on Thursday to do the same thing. All right. For Kyle, for Tristan, for all Bear Dogs everywhere, I am Eric. Have an awesome week.